welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. And welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. Today is Monday, June 5th, 2023, the Feast of St. Boniface. His feast day today was a remarkable figure in the foundation of the Middle Ages. Born as Winfred in England around 680, he embarked on a path that would shape the destiny of Germany and leave an indelible mark on the church. As a young age, Boniface entered the monastery of Addis Castare, where he displayed a deep devotion to his faith and a gift for preaching. Under the guidance of the holy abbot Winbert of the Abbey of Neuchel, his reputation for knowledge and eloquence grew. Despite the allure of high honors in his homeland, Boniface felt a strong calling to convert the pagan Anglo-Saxon in Germany. He embraced this vocation and following the order of Pope Gregory II, dedicated himself to their conversion. He also worked alongside Charles Martel in reforming the church in France and had convened councils to combat simony and corrupt practices of buying and selling ecclesiastical positions. In a monumentous event, Boniface took an oath to Pope Gregory II in Rome binding himself to the to the Catholic faith and pledging his fidelity to the unity of the church. The Pope, recognizing the importance of Boniface's mission, blessed him and entrusted him with the task of evangelizing Germany and reorganizing the church in that land. His efforts were not in vain. He traveled extensively baptizing pagans and spreading the light of Christ throughout Germany. In 723, he even felled the sacred oak, that's dedicated to Thor, a powerful symbol of paganism, signifying the triumph of Christianity over the old gods. However, his missionary work was not without its dangers, and in 754, while preaching in Frisia, St. Boniface faced martyrdom. He valiantly laid down his life for his faith and become a shining example of courage and devotion. St. Boniface played a pivotal role in the Catholic Church in the Middle Ages, and his dedication to the papacy and unwavering faith serve as an inspiration to us today. Let us invoke the intercession of St. Boniface, asking for his guidance and strength in our own mission to spread the gospel and uphold the teachings of the church. May his example remind us of the importance of fidelity to our faith and the pursuit of holiness in all aspects of our lives. St. Boniface, pray for us. Praise be to God. It's so good to be here with you today. St. Boniface, what a great hero to be uh, looking up to, especially during this month of June. He's someone that we should look to, uh, chopping down the old gods in order to put in the, the God of Christianity, the true God, the one true God, a very good thing. So happy Monday to you. I hope you had a blessed weekend. I hope you had it was very eventful um, and resting, especially for Sunday. I hope you had a good restful Sunday. We've been uh, out for a few days, so today there's a lot of news to catch up on. So many things going on in the news. We won't be able to catch up with everything, but we're going to try to catch up with as much as we can. Uh, but joining us right now is uh, Tito. Good morning to you, Tito. Good morning, Adrian. Yes, it's glad to be back to see, to be with the CDT audience out there. We had a uh, nice retreat last week to spiritually re-energize our battery cells. And today we have uh, a new co-worker by the name of Taylor. Uh, we're showing him the ropes. Uh, he'll be on uh, briefly. Uh, there he is for a brief second. But uh, yes, 
It's Monday, another great start to a great week, and we have a nice show for you today. All right, then. So at 15 past the hour, we're going to be talking about the Shia LaBeouf Padre Pio movie that's uh, been very controversial over the weekend. A lot of interesting things that could be said about that. At 30 past the hour, Texas becomes the largest state to ban transgender procedures on kids. So that's good news. We'll talk about that at 30 past the hour. And in the next hour, 10 ways to restore June to the sacred heart of Jesus. So, so many different things going on in the news today. There's a lot of and very interesting stories, and we're barely going to be able to scratch the surface of uh, all the news that we missed over the last few days, but we're going to do our best. So let's begin with prayer, as is our custom. We're going to be praying to the Sacred Heart, especially during this month of June, dedicated to the most sacred heart of Jesus. And as we also want to make sure that we are uh, praying for your intentions. So we're praying for our friends, family, and benefactors, and all those we promise to pray for, for the end to the scourge of abortion and for a stamping out of the uh, LGBT heresy. May Our Lady Hammer of Heretics uh, pray for us. And we're going to pray this prayer dedicated to the Sacred Heart. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My loving Jesus, out of the grateful love I bear thee, and as a reparation for all my unfaithfulness, I give thee my heart, and I consecrate myself wholly to thee. And with thy aid, I propose never to sin again. Heart of Jesus, burning with love for us, inflame our hearts with love of thee. Let us pray, Lord, we beseech thee, let thy Holy Spirit kindle in our hearts that fire of charity which our Lord Jesus Christ, thy Son, sent forth from his innermost heart upon this earth, and will that it should burn with vehemence, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the unity of the Holy Ghost, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your headline news with Tito Edwards. Good morning. You are listening to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. Today is Monday, May 5th, Anno Domini 2023, and these are your headlines. Catholic News Agency is reporting Bishop Michael Olson of Fort Worth, Texas, issued a decree Thursday dismissing the Reverend Mother Teresa Agnes Gerlach from religious life following an nearly six-week-long investigation into an alleged sexual affair involving a priest. In his decree, Olson also announced he had found Gerlach Prioress of the Monastery of the Most Holy Trinity in Arlington guilty of having violated the Sixth Commandment of the Decalogue and her vow of chastity with a priest from outside the Diocese of Fort Worth. Based on this finding, as a pontifical commissary with authority over the monastery, Olson said he is dismissing Gerlach from the Order of Discalced Carmelites. Catholic News Agency and Achi Prensa are reporting recent episodes of violence against the Catholic Church, including the murder of a priest and the attempted murder of an archbishop once again bring to the fore the persecution of the faith in Mexico and the power of organized crime. On May 22nd, Augustinian priest Javier Garcia Villafañe was found shot to death in his car in the Cuetzeo Huandacayro Highway. The Metro Con State Attorney General's office stated that he was killed by several gunshots. Catholic World News is reporting two days after a naked man jumped on the main altar of St. Peter's Basilica, Cardinal Mauro Gambetti, OFM Cond, led a penitential rite in reparation for the act of desecration. Vatican News reported that the man who desecrated the altar on the evening of June 1st was a Polish man with the words, Save the Children of Ukraine, written on his back. And finally, LifeSite News is reporting lawmakers are criticizing Capitol Police for interrupting children singing in the U.S. Capitol building, preventing them from finishing a performance of the national anthem. 
On Friday, May 26th, the Rushing Brook Children's Choir from Greenville, South Carolina, was told to stop singing the Star-Spangled Banner because a police officer deemed the performance a demonstration. Although the officer denied that the choir was allowed to sing in the Capitol building, the group reportedly had been granted permission with the help of state representatives and House Speaker Kevin McCarthy to perform a small repertoire of patriotic songs. Those were your headlines this morning. God bless you all. Thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. The Gospel of the Day comes from Mark chapter 12, verses 1 through 12. Then he began to speak to them in parables. There was a man who planted it in a vineyard, and put a wall around it, and dug a winepress, and built a tower in it, and then led it out to some vine dressers while he went on his travels. And when the season came, he sent out one of his servants on an errand to the vine dressers to claim that from the vine dressers the revenue of his vineyard. Whereupon they took him and beat him and sent him away empty-handed. Then he sent another servant on a second errand to them, and him too they beat over the head and used him outrageously. He sent another whom they killed and many others whom they beat or killed at their pleasure. He had still one messenger left his own well-beloved son. Him he sent to them last of all. They will have reverence, he said, for my son. But the vine dressers said among themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and then his inheritance will be ours. And so they took him and killed him and cast him out of the vineyard. And now what will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come and make an end to those vine dressers and give his vineyard to others. Why have you not read this passage in the scriptures? The very stone which the builders rejected has become the chief stone at the corner. This is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. This parable they saw was aimed at themselves, and they would gladly have laid hands on him, but they were afraid of the multitude. So they went away and left him alone. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the commentary on this gospel, uh, there is much to be said. Now, the Cornelius Lapides starts off here. He says, By the first servant, understand the prophets who lived about the time of Elias. For Zedekiah, the false prophet, beat Micah. And by the second servant, whom they wounded in the head, that is, evil entreated, we may understand the prophets who lived about the time of Hosea and Isaiah. Uh, by the third servant, we are to understand the prophets who flourished about the time of Daniel and Ezekiel. So notice here, our Lord is talking about the prophets of the Old Testament and how the Jews would rejected the prophets of the Old Testament. And so whenever the, our Lord comes, they slay him as well. So here he comes and says, the, the Alphacat, uh, quoting the Alphacat, saying, The Lord of the vineyard, then, is the father of the son who was slain, and the son himself is he who was slain who will destroy those husbandmen by giving them up to the Romans and who will give the people to other husbandmen, that is, the apostles. So notice here he's talking about the chosen people. So the chosen people of God who were the Jewish people, our Lord has given over those rights to the church, to the apostles and their descendants. He says here, read the Acts of the Apostles and you will find 3,000 and 5,000 on a sudden believing and bearing fruit to God. Notice here we're talking about the vineyard, where this is the whole analogy. And so 
while the Jews rejected the Son, the Christians, who made up of Jews, Gentiles, and the like, they accepted the Son and began bearing fruit. Now, Pseudo-Jerome is quoted here saying, or else the vineyard is given to others, that is, to those who come from the east and from the west and from the south and from the north and who sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And Venerable Bede, with that, that this was done by divine interposition, he affirms by immediately afterward adding, and have ye not read this scripture? The stone which the builders refuse has become the headstone in the corner. As if he had said, how is this prophecy to be fulfilled? Save that in Christ being rejected and slain by you. It is to be preached to the Gentiles who will believe on him. Thus then, as a cornerstone, he will be found the two people on himself. And of the two people who will build for himself a city of the faithful. One temple for the master of the synagogue, whom he had just called the husbandman, he now calls builders, because the same person who seemed to cultivate his people, that they might bear the fruit of life like a vineyard, were also commanded to construct and adorn this people to be, as it were, a house worthy to have God for his inhabitants. Now, this is very important to keep in mind, as it shows that the cornerstone is going to be rejected by the builders. And so now he says, who are the builders? Well, the builders are the Jews because the Jewish people were chosen by God in order to create the temple in order to usher in the situation where the coming of Christ would take place. And yet the people who are building the house itself has seen the cornerstone and rejects it. Now, this is a great, uh, this is a great evil, a great bad, because without the cornerstone, you do not have the foundation. So though they have everything else, they do not have Christ himself. Now, the rejected stone, which is born by that corner where the lamb and the bread meet in the supper, ending of the Old Testament and beginning the New Testament, does things marvelous in our eyes, says Pseudo-Jerome. And this is something very good to keep in mind. And lastly, I want to bring up the evil husbandman is destroyed and the vineyard given to another. When the humble shall be enriched with that gift of grace, which the proud man has scorned. And it happens daily in the church that the chief priest wishing to lay hands on Jesus and are held back by the multitude when some on who is a brother only in name either blushes or fears to attack the unity of the faith of the church and of its peace. Though he loves it not on account of the number of good brethren who would dwell together within. So finally, the example goes to us too, even in the church. Many of these people, many of the prelates of the church are the husbandmen in this example. We'll be right back with more after this. Hey Donnie, who were the first two people God created? Adam and Eve. There you go. And what did we inherit from them? As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. How many times have you heard someone say that they don't like the Catholic Church because it's so dogmatic? Well, G.K. Chesterton says, you cannot live without dogmas. You cannot act for 24 hours without making a decision based on some deeply held belief that you cannot prove. 
Man can be defined as an animal that makes dogmas. Trees have no dogmas. Turnips are singularly broad-minded. In truth, there are only two kinds of people. Those who accept dogmas and know it, and those who accept dogmas and don't know it. So when someone objects to the Catholic Church for being too dogmatic, it only means that they are dogmatic against it, even though they have no idea what their own dogmas are. Want more than a minute? Visit us at Chesterton.org. And welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be on with you today. Praise be to God. There are a, a lot of news that we missed over the little bit of break we had. We were out in Midland, Texas for our GRN retreat. And while we were there, there was a ton of things. But one thing that was kind of making a firestorm over the weekend was that the Padre Pio movie finally came out in America. Now, this Padre Pio movie, we were very excited about. We talked about extensively. There were some things that were concerning. We saw some references to things that might be happening at some point. Uh, with some cursing from Padre Pio, and very people were very upset by that. Now, you might remember this got a lot of traction because Shia LaBeouf who was the who is the star of the new movie who plays Padre Pio Shia LaBeouf he gives a he did an interview with Bishop Barron in that interview he said that the Latin mass affects me deeply and when Bishop Barron asked him why he responded because it feels like they're not selling me a car when somebody's selling me something it kills my aptitude for it and my suspension of disbelief and my yearnings to root for it there's an immediate rebellion in me now this was a, a firestorm because people started using that and saying, okay, uh, isn't that a great analogy? He's saying in the, in the new mass, it feels like people are trying to sell me it. They're trying to tell me, oh, trust me, it's good, it's good. And they try to, to market it to you, basically. Sheila Buff is uh, pretty sharp and, on, on picking that up. And, the, uh, and he says that the Latin mass affects me deeply, which I think is, it was very interesting to people. So the people were started talking about it. And I was very concerned when this happened because, you know, it's I, I like it when good when people say good things. However, however, whenever people say things that are superstars that are famous, I always have a little bit of hesitation because you never know what's going to come out afterwards. Um, I'm happy when people say good things, and I want to promote things that are said that are good. But I don't want to put all of our eggs in the basket of celebrities because when you trust in princes, they tend to disappoint. So later on, we saw that Shia LaBeouf started, uh, he started, he was in a movie or TV show or something like that where he was wearing drag. And I was like, yikes, that's not good. Um, so that was not exactly the most, the best thing to see. And then. We also heard, okay, well, he is going through with RCIA. So we were like, okay, that's positive. And he said he learned the Latin Mass from the Institute of Christ the King Priest. And so the, the accuracy for him saying Mass in the new movie would be good. However, when the movie actually came out in America and people started watching it, there was a little bit of hesitation. And I haven't seen the movie, and I'm kind of debating on whether or not I will see the movie. I, a lot of people I trust... Um, who have seen it have told me that it's bad that there are explicit nudity in the movie that there is uh, blasphemy in the movie that there is sacrilegious acts in the movie and i'm saying okay hmm well 
Shia LaBeouf comes out and he says these very positive things about tradition. And I'm thinking, okay, well, where does he stand? Where does he stand on this? Is he just doing this? Is he saying these positive things because he finds it personally attractive? Like he just has this kind of view of it? Or is he intellectually convinced of this? Or is it just a fad? He goes through fads. He's a method actor. And so maybe he's just into this right now. Um, and then maybe it's not something deep. But I cannot understand why somebody who is converted, who is a Catholic, would do this, would, would be in something that is this gross. And I, I'm, I'm debating whether or not I should even describe the scenes that, are, that happen in it, what I've been told. And it, it's very gross. It's very bad. And now, I, like I said, I haven't seen it personally yet. And I'm trying to decide whether or not I want to see it personally. So it's kind of, I'm very, I'm very, very curious about what I, I haven't made a decision on whether or not I will see it, but I just want to let you know, there are reasons to be concerned. Uh, Go read the parental um, warnings on the movie before you decide to watch it. Or if you do decide to watch it, watch it first and don't, and show your kids after you've watched it. But that's kind of uh, the situation we have to be in. And so let's not put our ideas of the faith in movies in Hollywood. Don't let Hollywood shape our ideas of the faith and of, our, of the saints. Read, read a good biography about Padre Pio instead. So this is very, very concerning. I, I don't know if I'll watch it. Uh, I was told by uh, Anthony Stein. I was told by uh, Bug Hall. I was told by many, many people that it was, in fact, a bad movie, and we should not support it. I uh, cannot speak firsthand, but that's just what I've heard. Catholic Answers put out a uh, article saying that they think that it's okay to watch as long as you are aware of these bad things and are prepared for them and are be able to keep custody eyes during those scenes. And he's, they say that it seems to be okay. So I would say read that article. Listen to what other people say and make a decision about whether or not you should see it. Uh, Maybe I'll watch it so I can give you all my informed opinion on it, but I I really don't want to see it if it's bad. I don't want to give it any view time, but it is on streaming softwares. And if you decide to see it, let me know what you think about it. I'd be very curious um, because I, I just don't know right now. I just don't know. All right. The other story that was of concern. I want to start with some more Catholic news, and Tito mentioned this a second ago, was the St. Peter's Basilica, a man jumped up on Thursday, June 1st, the beginning of the uh, of Pride Month, so-called Pride Month in Italy. A man completely naked jumps up on the marble altar and <laughs> proceeds to just be on the altar. The altar is known as the altar of the confession because it is a, stands above the tomb of St. Peter the first apostle of Jesus. And it's at that altar that the Pope presides over the universal church. their most important public ceremonies. The naked man later identified as middle-aged Polish citizen had the words, save the children of Ukraine written on his back and stood atop of one of the most emblematic sacred spaces for Catholicism for several minutes until the Vatican and gender Mary arrested him. Now, my question is why was this man not like tackled immediately? Like tackled off of the tabernacle of the uh, the altar, like that is ridiculous. 
that he was allowed to how did this man even get into the church? Now, people are saying, okay, it was a day because it was a holiday. It was a weekend. People were, uh, no one was there. And so that's how they were getting in there. How, that doesn't make sense to me. How did he get undressed while, before walking onto the altar? And I'm with you. Where, where were the gendarmes before he did that? And what does it say about our faith that bystanders, were they all non-Catholics or non-practicing Catholics just watching him go up there? I know I would have taken my shoes off, jumped up there and tackled him and took him down, take him down. It's, it's just mind-boggling how passive we have become in our faith. If you're a practicing Catholic and you were wandering around and you saw that and didn't do anything, you need to question yourself as, as if to ask yourself, why do you consider yourself practicing if that did not offend you, if that did not, if that did not ignite you to action, to leap onto the altar and take them off? That is a sacrilege of the upteenth degree. Yeah, and the, the thing about this is that there is an attack against the Catholic faith. There is an attack against the Catholic faith that's rising up, and they, they hate the church primarily. Why? Because the Catholic Church is the church, is the only true church, is the only true faith, and it's the thing that's going to crush and destroy these LGBT ideologies. It's the only thing that's going to destroy these revolutionary movements, these revolutionary ideas, is the church. And so they will always attack the church. And speaking of attacks on the church, we go from Italy to Utah. Uh, Bibles have been banned from classrooms in Utah school district. Now, this is very concerning situation is reported by TimCast.com. There it says, if that's the cost it takes to get x-ray material out of our schools, I think it's a small price to pay, says Senator Todd Whaler. Now, this is very concerning. So the good news is the, the state banned pornographic or indecent content from schools libraries. The bad news is immediately the left is like, all right, you want to play this game? Then let's play this game. And the left comes out and they say, well, the Bible depicts some bad things in it. It depicts murder. It depicts the uh, uh, prostitution. It depicts incest. It depicts onanism. It depicts rape. It depicts infanticide. So that means we have to ban the Bible. Now, this is a very absurd claim. And this is the problem with our modern era. This secular ideology that says that uh, we have to just apply everything equally is absurd. Because what we have to do is understand that we can ban good th bad things and keep good things. And in this world that we have no way to make distinctions, we destroy that. Now, you may be talking about children who are under the age of, I don't know, 10 years old. And I don't know about you, but I when I was 10 years old... I was given a children's Bible. And so we have a Bible that was more sanitized because, yeah, the Bible does depict things that are bad. But, you know, the difference is the difference is the Bible depicts bad things as bad. Whenever there is a sins like Onanism, what happens? Onan is killed by God. God kills him. When there is whenever we see a murder happening, what is what do we see? God says, let him be put to death. Because for a man shall shed the blood of man, shall man, man shall his blood be shed because of the dignity of man. Whenever we see these evil things happening in the Bible, it's depicted as bad. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. These things are depicted in the right understanding. 
And so bad things should be banned. Good things should be promoted. Whereas this Utah law and the people come in and say, well, if we have to ban the Bible in order to get pornography out of the schools, then that's worthwhile in terms of what we, we ban. That's a worthwhile trade-off. This is very bad, and we need to fight against this. We need to fight against this and say, no, we can make a distinction. We can see the difference between pornography, and we can see the difference between these LGBT ideology books and the Bible. This is a not a very difficult thing that we should be able to make distinctions between. And of course, for children, let's give them age-appropriate level of understanding of the Bible. Let's give them a little children's Bible. We're not going to give them the, the absolute most, uh, the most controversial positions right off the bat. We will give them a, the, the children's version so that way they can understand the stories and the moral of the stories first and foremost. They get the outline, and as they get older, you say, okay, well, here is more details about the story. So you just take out the details that are going to be bad for the kids, and you provide the necessary context as they get older when they're ready for it. And that's the decision that the parents make, not the decision of the school. And it's interesting because the school came out and said, well, it's okay because, and these, this is the problem with the modern right. Oh, it's always been the, the American understanding that the Bible is taught by the parents. No, it's not. No, it's not. It has always been the case that the Bible was taught in schools in America. Now, yeah, there is widespread anti-Catholicism, but in terms of Protestantism, they taught the Bible in the school, in the public school, until it was banned. So let's fight against this. I'm glad we're banning pornography from schools, but don't let them ban the Bible. Don't settle for anything but total victory. We'll be right back with more after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. You know what are the two most common questions after attending a non-Catholic church service? Answer, how is the preaching and how is the worship? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, evaluation of worship? That's odd. Who's evaluating worship? Well, here's what really is meant by that. How is the music, the singing, and the audible response of the people? And if that were important, wouldn't that be our Lord's decision anyway? Secondly, Catholic teaching. Worship is fundamentally not tied to music and song, though it can be supported by music and song. The 2,000-year history of Catholic worship is primarily about the representing of Jesus' unbloody, timeless sacrifice on every Catholic altar. It is that moment when the bread and wine are changed into Jesus' own body and blood. We then participate in that worship by bringing our own sacrifice of self, whether sorrow or praise. And thirdly, my take. The only evaluation that should be considered after a church or a mass is the evaluation of heart and actions. That is, did we grow in obedience to the royal law of love? Help us, Father. Hi, this is Dr. David Anders from EWTN's Call to Communion. I believe that the Ministry of Catholic Radio is one of the greatest tools we have in the Church for evangelism today. I hear from people all over the world on a daily basis who have encountered Christ in the Catholic Church for the first time by listening to Catholic Radio. Please support the Ministry of Catholic Radio today. Support Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to the Catholic Drive Time Show. Today is Monday, May 5th, 2023, in the year of our Lord. And these are your headlines for this morning. 
Catholic News Agency is reporting, according to a German newspaper report, Pope Francis ordered Archbishop Georg Ganswein to leave the Vatican and return to Germany by the end of June. The longtime private secretary of Pope Benedict XVI has been told to return to his home diocese of Freiburg in southwest Germany, but has not been given any role or assignment, the Welt newspaper reported on Friday. Catholic World News is reporting Pope Francis named three new members of the Pontifical Academy of Sciences on June 3rd. Jules Hoffman, 81, is Professor Emeritus at the University of Strasbourg and won the Nobel Prize for Medicine for his studies of innate immunity. Masashi Mizukami, 75, is Director of the Genomi Medical Sciences Project at the National Center for Global Health and Medicine in Japan. And Tabelo Nyakong, 71, is Professor of Chemistry and Director of the Institute of Nanotechnology Innovation at Rhodes University in South Africa. The Pontifical Academy of Sciences, established in 1936, is an advisory body whose members include non-Catholics. Catholic World News is reporting Matteo Bruni, the director of the Holy See Pro Press Office, announced on June 3rd that Pope Francis will make an apostolic journey to Mongolia from August 31st to September 4th. The nation is home to only 1,300 Catholics, but is strategically important as it is surrounded by Russia and China. The pontiff discussed the possibility of a trip to Mongolia at a February in-flight press conference and more recently during a similar press conference at the end of April. And finally, LifeSite News is reporting Texas has banned puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones and surgeries for gender-confused children. Republican Governor Greg Abbott signed a bill on Friday which effectively prohibits child mutilation through so-called, quote, sex changes, end quote, drugs and procedures. Texas has thus joined other Republican-led states that have enacted similar legislation. The signing of the new law comes weeks after the state Senate approved the bill by a 19 to 12 vote, as previously reported by LifeSite News. SB 14 bars the use of puberty blockers, cross-sex hormones, and so-called, quote, gender reassignment, end quote, surgeries for the purposes of transitioning a child's biological sex. I am Tito Edwards, and these are today's headlines through a Catholic lens. Uh, thank you, Tito, for keeping us up to date. And uh, before we uh, move on to some other stories, and uh, Tito kind of brought up already the story I wanted to get into next, but uh, I want to go back to the Padre Pio incident because uh, Kim Sunderman, a faithful listener and a volunteer at the GRN station in Houston, uh, she sent me a text message with some of the information about the movie that I want to read to you because she did pay to watch the movie over the weekend, and she watched it with her two kids. And she had uh, a lot to say about it. And I trust Kim's uh, opinion about this. So she says, Adrian, please don't watch the new Padre Pio movie. It is sacrilegious, disgusting, and very dirty with full frontal nudity of a woman and the licking of a sacred art and showing Padre Pio as a young priest cursing the F word in confession and a lady disgusting being a lesbian aroused by her teenage daughter. Very disgusting. And Courage said it was focused on socialist. Courage is her son. As, uh, said it was focused on socialist propaganda. Nothing Catholic about it. They show Padre Pio's backside nudity too. And fighting the devil, very disturbing when there is no connection with Padre Pio and the socialist party. Murdering people and then about to have a rape scene. 
when a wife slashed a soldier's neck with a butcher knife. And there's more than that, too, but there's a lot of F-words throughout the movie, too. Thank goodness it's not out in movie theaters, but just on YouTube movies, which we watched and on for $7. And it's elsewhere as well. He said, I told Alidia, which is a, if you're not familiar, is a, a Catholic blogosphere, uh, to tell everyone not to watch the sacrilegious movie. Lord have mercy. Please let others know that you can cut and paste my info here, too. And she said, Chastity, which is her daughter, uh, told me that the, she heard the director of the film was also a Muslim. Lord have mercy. Prayers. There you go. So I will not be watching it. I trust Kim's opinion, and I trust that her uh, assessment is true. So I will not be watching this movie. I also want to add that uh, the movie director was known for mainstreaming pornography in Italian cinema. And he has uh, almost no connection through to Catholicism or Christianity in general. Uh, and as far as everything Kim has said, I've, I, there's some new things I was unaware of. But I also read that it was also a vehicle to be used to promote communist propaganda as well as socialist, which is almost almost no distinction between the two. Right. Uh, if you were to watch it, I wouldn't blame you only because you're going to do a review of the film. So I, I wouldn't beat yourself on up on it if you did watch it to to review the film but i i also trust kim's uh diagnosis of the film and i wouldn't let anyone watch it uh or suggest it at all if that were the case and and i'm pretty certain uh it's a disgusting flick to watch yeah so i will not be watching it um and i think it's that's disgusting um i assume that kim is uh is giving a fair analysis of it and i mean they paid for it and they showed it to their kids and if if it's like that, I, I will not be watching it. That's horrible. And I, I'm i very concerned, actually, after hearing what Kim said, uh, that Catholic Answers would put out an article saying that they uh, they would be okay with people watching it. That's I don't understand that position. I, I read their article, and they're like, oh, well, it could bring some people to the faith and these things like that. I, I'm actually kind of shocked uh, that Catholic Answers would, would put out that article. It would um, seem that somebody at Catholic Answers has been a bit desensitized to yeah. uh, pornography. I won't make any comments about that, but uh, we'll go on. So <laughs> the this story here, uh, Texas becomes largest state to ban transgender procedures on kids. Uh, Tito was just talking about this story. And this is good news. I'm very happy to report this, that Republican Governor Greg Abbott signed a bill into law on Friday that makes Texas the largest state to protect children from life-altering transgender procedures. This is very, very good news. The question is, will it stay in effect? Uh, because we are already seeing attacks against this. The ACLU of Texas came out saying transgender people will always, have always been here and will always be here. Our trans youth deserve a world where they can shine alongside their peers, and we will keep advocating for that world in and out of the courts. Now, this is, makes no sense whatsoever because there's no such thing as transgender people. That doesn't exist. That's not a category of being. That's like saying there are people who are shoes. That's not a category of being. You can say it. You can say, I am a transgender person. That doesn't make you a transgender person because that category does not exist. Now, transgender activists will say, oh, see, this is transgender erasure. You are denying our personhood. You are denying our existence. And I'm not denying that you as a human being do not exist. I'm saying your identity is nonsensical. It's like me, if I had said, I'm trying to think, here's the problem. I'm trying to think of a ridiculous analogy 
but every single analogy is things that already exist. I was going to say, it would be like if I exist as a cat, <laughs> if I say I'm a cat, and then the, and, but people already believe that that's true. People believe that you can be a cat just by saying so. In fact, there is a great uh, little video that the TFP did where they were out debating uh, college students. And he said, and they, this college student said, if everyone believes something, then it's true because your belief about it makes it true or false. And so the TFP member said, so if I said you were a cow and we all agreed that you were a cow, you would be a cow? And he says, effectively, yes. I don't know how you argue with that. I don't know how you argue with somebody who has no idea, any concept of truth. I'm not denying your personhood by saying your category of being does not exist. And a category of transgender people, to say that transgender people have always been here and always will be here, is a nonsensical statement. It's like saying blah, blah, blah has always been here. Because blah, blah, blah doesn't mean anything. It doesn't, it's, it's impossible to say that that exists when that's not a thing. That's not a word. So that's very, very concerning that we see this backlash. I hope and pray that this goes through in Texas. I'm glad that Abbott has signed it. And I know the, the Democrats are actually working to fight against this at the moment. And so let's pray that this goes through so we can protect our children. But ultimately, this is a good start. But this needs to be eradicated completely. I'm glad that we're protecting children, but nobody should be allowed to do this. There's a, there's a huge movement of so-called conservatives who are saying, well, whatever people want to do, if people want to chop off their arms and legs and body parts, then let them do that. That's fine with me as long as they're adults. As long as they're consenting adults, it's okay. That's not the case. Just because you're a consenting adult does not mean we should allow you to do whatever you want. If someone said that they identify as a cripple, would you allow them to, to sever their spinal cord? Well, maybe you would. Maybe that's something that is being convincing to people. But just a few years ago, nobody would agree with this. Or how about suicide? That's another problem, right? People are allowing suicide. They're promoting suicide. They're saying it's okay to commit suicide. And we have medical aid in dying, which is assisted suicide, medical assisted suicide, which is what what traditionally was called self-murder. So you're helping someone murder themselves. This is very, very bad. And this idea, people will say, well, it's okay. I, I accept this. It's a good idea. And I always ask some people who believe that. So if your friend was standing at the edge of a bridge and he was about to jump off that bridge, would you try to stop him? Or would you say, hey, no problem. Your body, your choice. Go ahead, jump. No, you wouldn't. Why? Because you know it's wrong. You know intrinsically that we can't allow people to do just whatever they want. As long as it hurts someone else. Nah, it's bad. That is bad. We're going to talk much more when we come back after this. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Have you ever replaced pronouns in the Bible such as who, whom, whosoever, ye, you, etc., and replaced those words with your name and therefore you personalize the Bible to yourself? Do you do that? Is that a safe way to read the Bible? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, Bible complexity. Mechanics study motors. Architects study design. Linguists study syntax. But for the most part, Christians don't study the how-tos of safe biblical interpretation 
called hermeneutics. Secondly, Aquinas. In the Summa, we see the caution. Aquinas says of the Bible, quote, the manner of its speech transcends every science because in one and the same sentence, while it describes a fact, it reveals a mystery and thirdly, a tough comeback. I know it seems plausible to simply say the Bible is a love letter straight from God to humanity, but wait a minute. A sentence or a paragraph in a love letter has context. Yes, with great caution, we can personalize some context, but remember, when you're at the central figure in the Bible, God isn't, and that's just wrong. Hey, Donnie, what are the mysteries that we pray on the rosary? Glorious, luminous, joyful, and powerful. There you go. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Drive time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's 45 past the hour. And there are some interesting stories. I'm going to kind of go more rapid fire over some of these stories. Not, not as interesting to, uh, to cover in depth. Uh, this first story is rather interesting to me, actually. But it's not that. We'll see. We'll, we'll let you decide whether you think this is a big deal. The Tim Cash reports YouTube reverses policy and will allow users to question election results. Now, the thing that was interesting about this story to me is that they said there was tens of thousands of videos that were stricken, that were gone, that have been deleted because of this rule. And in fact, many of our videos have been deleted because of this, these rules. And the question is, will they give these videos back? Will they publish these videos again? Will they reinstate these channels? Or will they just continue to leave everything as it was? And they're saying, okay, going forward... But the rules were there, there then. This is a very concerning situation because YouTube just changes their rules whenever they want. They, we get videos that we posted years ago, like three years ago, and they, we get strikes for them three years later. And we're like, we haven't said anything about this in years. And they're going back into our archives and deleting old videos and giving us strikes for them. And so they can basically just get rid of anyone's channel whenever they want by leaving them up and then boom, 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 to give you a strike for three of them and you're out. They delete your channel. That's a very, very concerning situation. And it was concerning as well because why is it that you can't question election results? And the answer is you can. You just can't question election results that they don't like. Because you remember there were many politicians questioning election results, including Hillary Clinton, who questioned the results of Donald Trump winning. In fact, for years, there was, oh, Russian interference in the election, Russia interference in the election, Trump stole the election, but it's okay to say it then, but it's not okay to say it now. So that's the problem. That's the real problem in this situation. Moving on to another story, it's very concerning. This story is, is a, something that we want to keep an eye on very closely because this is going to have reverberating effects on the nation. A federal judge rules Tennessee's ban on drag shows for children is unconstitutional. This is very concerning. The U.S. District Court, Court Judge Thomas Parker wrote in his ruling, despite Tennessee's compelling interest in protecting the psychology and physical well-being of children, the Adult Entertainment Act ban on minors attending drag shows is an unconstitutional restriction on the freedom of speech. Notice here, they, they admit 
that they have compelling interest in protecting the psychology, the psychological and physical well-being of children, yet they're going to let it go through anyway. So you're telling me that we cannot ban things that hurt kids. That's what they're telling me. They're saying, yes, we acknowledge that this does hurt not only psychologically, but physically children. But we're going to allow it anyway. We're going to have psychological and physically uh, debilitating drugs of fentanyl and oxymoxin. So uh, I, we understand that it can do some harm, but you're allowed to do it. That, that's basically how I'm reading that statement. Yeah, it's very concerning. And the concern is that this is going to be used as a citation in other states that are trying to do similar things. Because you remember, Florida is also trying to do this. Now, the Tennessee law, the first of its kind in the nation, prohibits children from being able to attend, quote, adult-oriented performances that are harmful to minors and that they feature go-go dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, male or female impersonators, or similar entertainers. Now, notice male or female impersonators, that's called a drag queen or otherwise known as a transvestite. And so he goes on. The legislation also bans drag shows in public spaces, and it was signed into law by Governor Bill Lee in March. Now, this is a great law. I'm glad this exists. Judge Parker's 70-page ruling also states, the court concludes that the AEA violates the First Amendment as incorporated to Tennessee by the 14th Amendment and cannot be enforced consistently with the supreme law of the land, the United States Constitution. The judge also claimed that the law was unconstitutionally vague and substantially overbroad and would encourage discriminatory enforcement. The plaintiff in the case, a Memphis-based drag theater group called Friends of George's, celebrated the ruling. In a, in a statement about the ruling given to USA Today, Friends of George's said that the ruling represents a triumph, a triumph over hate. Our First Amendment right was affirmed today as drag artists and makers of theater, the organization said. Similar to the countless battles of the LGBTQ community has faced over the laws the last several decades, our collective success relies upon everyone speaking out and taking a stand against bigotry. Now, do you see where the how the manipulation of language is here, Adrian? You know, they call us hate speech, and 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 what you were referring to earlier when you were reading parts of the law that that uh, exotic dancers and strippers, exotic dancers was used to be, they used to be called strippers. And before they were called strippers, they used to call, be called sex workers. So they're how this gradualism of the manipulation of language, where we get to the point where protecting the innocence and the psychological being of children is considered hate speech. It's been, it's been a long process, but it's interesting how determined the left is to get this done. It, and I, I think before the elections come around, they're going to start promoting pedophilia openly. Oh, already, yeah, I mean, yeah. That's, that's our. That's of course that's going to be the case. Of course yeah. that's going to be the case. It's the logical conclusion of this idea. It's the they even. This is the grooming of the next generation. They they say so very explicitly. And this is very very concerning situation that we see, and they the use of language here is very important because even the idea of sex worker is a euphemism. Because traditionally, you would just say they're prostitutes. They're not yeah, workers, they're prostitutes. And so the state attorney general, Jonathan Scrimiti, has indicated that he plans to appeal the ruling and only considered it applying to Shelby County, where the lawsuit was aimed. The scope of the law has been misrepresented in public by those who are interested in pressing a narrative than in reading the statu statuary text. 
He said, the Adult Entertainment Act remains in effect outside of Shelby County. This narrowly tailored law protects minors from exposure to sexually explicit performances. Its operative language is rooted out in the U.S. Supreme Court's long-established First Amendment precedent. We are reviewing the order and expect to appeal at appropriate time. He says they still consider the law to be in effect throughout the state's other 94 counties, despite it being ruled unconstitutional. So that's very good. I'm glad Tennessee is taking a stance against this activist judge, against this horrific judge, which honestly is a blight on Donald Trump, who former president Donald Trump appointed Judge Parker in 2018. So that's very concerning as well, something to keep in mind. So that's very concerning. And I'm glad Tennessee is fighting against this. We have to push this hard everywhere and let people know that this is something that we believe in because the Supreme Court is going to have to take this case eventually. If we keep pushing this up, the Supreme Court will have to take this case and what will they decide? I think it will be very clear in terms of constitutionally. In America, we used to have blasphemy laws. So this Bring idea of freedom of speech is not universal, has never been universal. In fact, it's one obvious case is that you can never call for imminent lawless action. So you can never tell someone to go commit a crime. That is always violating the first, uh, your First Amendment. It'll be not a violation of the First Amendment, rather. The, the parents, the adults, the, anyone who wants to protect the innocence of children, uh, civilization in general, they need to be equally resolute and determined as Democrats and the liberals to, to push and appeal this, this decision and move it up until it's, it's turned around and uh, bring back that law in Tennessee. And it needs to be done everywhere, where, wherever these uh, trans, anti-transgender, anti-child grooming law, uh, laws are being uh, attacked. Yes, it's very, very concerning. So we got to keep in mind these situations and press the issue and pray for its success. It has to be universally promoted and not just promoted in individual places. Now, we're going to see more and more of these things popping up, especially during the month of June, this month where they try to take over this month and promote it as a, a month of vice, a month of evil. And we do not want to encourage that. Instead, we want to denigrate that and reject it and present it as shameful because shameful things should be shamed, whereas good things should be promoted. It's really not as complicated as people want to make it out to be. People want to say, oh, well, who are you to say what is good and what is bad? Well, it's very simple. We use our brains. We use our minds. We can tell when something is good and something is bad. And let's defend those positions. But here's the trick to the left. Here's the trick, the trick of people who, who hate the truth. They will then they will assert something absurd, something crazy. And then they'll say, now you prove why we're wrong and you are right. Prove to us. And now people are not used to defending common sense ideas. For instance, if someone asked you, oh, can you explain to me how you breathe? You're like, oh, I mean, I just breathe. I just do it. I don't think about it. I'm not making a plan of how to breathe. It's just something I do involuntarily. It's, 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 na it's natural. And so we have a natural repugnance for what is evil and what is disgusting and what is bad. And so we have this natural repugnance. And so when someone says, well, why is that gross? Why is that bad? You're like, well, I may not be able to articulate it, but I just know it is. And that's the trick. 
they know that for most people, we're not sitting around. We don't have time to sit around and try to articulate why certain particular things are gross or bad. But we know it is. We know it is bad. We know it is gross. But they're going to try to desensitize you and say, well, if you can't articulate why it's gross, well, then maybe your ideas are just wrong and you're, you're just a bigot. You're just bad. You are, you are the problem. No, we have to trust our natural repugnance, which is why they try to groom children, which is why they want to put these things in the public square, why they want these things in the schools, because they want to denigrate and destroy the natural repugnance we have for these disgusting acts. This is something that we have to keep in mind, something that we have to keep pressing against the enemies of Christ. And the good news is, is that we can, in fact, win. We're winning all over the place. This issue, they've gone too far, and your average American is finally waking up. Your Ten Commandments Americans are rising up and saying, no more. We don't want this anymore. We do not want our children to be exposed to this, and we will fight back. How are we doing this? We saw it most clearly with the Bud Light situation. Their stock is destroyed. Modelo just, uh, for the first time, uh, beat out Bud Light and sells. Dear gracias. This is very, very good. Target, same thing. Their stock is plummeting. Very good. What's the same thing is happening across the board. It's becoming toxic to be a part of this bad ideology. So let's keep pressing the issue. Let's keep up the sacrifices. It's not going to be a very big sacrifice. We can succeed. We can win. Because Christ the King is on our side. And we remember, Viva Cristo Rey. Viva la Virgen de Guadalupe. And we know that our Lord will win in the end. And the enemies of Christ will be trampled under the hill of our Blessed Mother. We'll be right back with more and Catholic Drive Time after this. Ten ways to restore June to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. After this. I worked in pro baseball for a long time, and we play on Sundays. And it was an easy excuse. I took the easy out and just didn't go to Mass. Got caught up on that whole selfishness, that whole, you know, um, I can do it all. The times when I was struggling were the times I needed God the most. And now that uh, I've come back and accepted God, my world has completely changed. If you've been away from the Catholic Church for any reason, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Who are the ten most well-known preachers in America? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Here's the list. Copeland, Osteen, Benny Hinn, Joyce Myers, T.D. Jakes, Stephen Furtick, Andy Stanley, Robert Jeffers, Rick Warren, Alistair Begg, John MacArthur. Well, secondly, all these pastors say the same thing on Sunday morning, which is, turn with me in your Bible. Well, then how's the harmony regarding, say, eternal security, disagreement, present-day ministry of the Holy Spirit, Disagreement. Relationship of baptism to salvation. Disagreement. Church government. Disagreement. Life beginning at conception until natural death. Disagreement. And eschatology. Disagreement. So what's going on here? Well, if you are someone who says, all I need is the word of God, brother, because the Bible is going to give me everything I need to live out the Jesus life. Okay. Hope you've already ditched your favorite blogger, your favorite preacher, your favorite podcaster, and most of all, your religious Google searches. Well, speaking of Google searches, I do request one last Google search for you. Magisterium. 
I don't know why I turned on my radio because I've kept my radio off for years. And once I turned it on, I was absolutely hooked. I love the shows with the Catholic apologists. I love the shows with the sort of day-to-day psychologist, Greg and Lisa Popchek. I love hearing not just of other people's problems who call in, but I love getting the Catholic take on how to deal with day-to-day reality. The Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Wyatt Goolsby, the new executive director of KSHJ Houston. You're listening to AM 1430, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Welcome to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. It's so good to be here with you today. Praise be to God. During this month dedicated to the sacred heart of Jesus. It is a great month. And let no one tell you otherwise. So enough of the bad news. So much bad news this morning. Let's talk about some good news. Let's talk about some good things. There's a great article by 1 Peter 5. 10 ways to restore June to the Sacred Heart. I'm going to go through this article with you. Some great ideas. And there's the rule. The rule is take what is useful. Because there's a lot of ideas out there. And maybe you can't do all of them. But maybe one or two of them stand out to you and you're like, hey, I could do that. That could be a good thing to do in our home. So take what is useful and the rest put aside. And maybe keep it in the back of your mind to recommend to other people. Maybe you know someone who's like, oh, this would be a good idea for so-and-so. Hmm, maybe. Check out the article, 1 Peter 5, 10 Ways to Restore June to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Now, the month of June belongs to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. It's already been claimed for his majesty for centuries in the kingdom of his Sacred Heart and Eucharistic Heart already holds sway over the universe since his glorious ascension to his throne. How much more a single month in the calendar year? Our readers don't need to be made aware of what this month has been has become. The good news is that when you look at it, almost feels like God already knew this filth would happen and already charged June with the liturgical power necessary to soften hardened hearts and save souls and societies. From the Apostles' Fast to the Octave of Corpus Christi, the Sacred Heart is the center. And with the summer bonfire of St. John, that proto-martyr for marriage, and Peter and Paul culminating in first vespers of the Feast of the Precious Blood, whose collect is an invocation against demons. It dawned on me recently that our two lay sodalities, the crusade of a Eucharistic preparation, and the fellowship of St. Nicholas, act with one purpose in this month, according to the first intentions of our patroness, Our Lady of Fatima, under the Russian icon. And so we're spending all of June focused on the spiritual greatness thereof, and this June is only the beginning. Now, number one, restore the apostles' fast in your domestic church and parish. We wonder why there's so much demonic activity in our society. Actually, His Majesty has already explained that a demon of this kind is not cast out, but by prayer and fasting. And let's swallow the hard truth. It's become because of our lukewarm penance that God is punishing us by unleashing demons in society. Read the Holy Scripture, starting with Judges. Read the message of Fatima. This is how this works. The answer is simple, but not easy. If we do not do penance, God will continue to pour out his wrath until we do. Therefore, brethren in Christ, hear the words of the Lord from the greatest of the prophets. 
Ye brood of vipers, who hath showed you to flee from the wrath to come? Bring forth, therefore, fruit worthy of penance. And think not to say within yourselves, We have Abraham for our father, for I tell you that God is able of these stones to raise up children to Abraham. For now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that doth not yield good fruit shall be cut down and cast into the fire. I know fasting is hard. That is the point. But don't worry. You can join our solidarity and do it together with our traditional Catholics from around the world. Fasting has a long tradition in Christendom of being done together to strengthen ourselves to complete it and to corporally petition God. Now, there's a great book out by Matthew Pleece called The Definitive Guide to Catholic Fasting and Abstinence. I highly recommend. It's a great book if you uh, are new to the idea of public fasting, of private fasting, and of liturgical fasting. All these ideas have finally been lost. And so we're trying to, we're basically uh, archaeologists digging up these old things and bringing them back up to us and making them new for God who he makes new what was once old. It's He's, a great way to augment your prayer life. If you want more efficacious prayers, more effective prayers, <clears throat> fasting is a way to go. And God gives joy to our youth. And so we want to promote these uh, ideas. Now, number two here, you do not need permission from your clerics, much less the secular government, to exercise your parental rights. Our children must grow up knowing what June is all about. In fact, they should feel excited every year for this great month because of what you tell them and what you do as a family this month. As our contributor, Dr. Joseph Shaw, which we've had on the show before, notes in his important text, what they fear is thousands of little platoons of families fighting against them. Let's overturn the tyrannous, clericalist, uh, hyper uper ultramontanist regime in church and state. It's easy as a mustard seed. What I need to stress here is that the parents have a duty to form their children in the faith and educate them, which creates a corresponding right. I love how he says this because rights and duties always correspond together. We talked about this last week and given directly from God to the parents to protect their children from demonic attack. And God will judge you, O parent, if you fail to exercise this right. Therefore, fear God and not the store manager or police officer that they called. Fear God and not your angry bishop or priest. Fear God and not jail time. This is that serious. It sounds extreme, but you're either not a parent or you have not grasped how evil the demons really are. Now, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit here. And if you want to read the continue here, I recommend checking out the whole article. But this is very, very good and very, very true. Read the lives of the martyrs. Read the lives of the saints. See how they lived. See how they're willing to lay down their lives for the faith and say, what am I willing to do? What am I willing to do for Christ the King? Hopefully more than what you expect yourself to be to think. So let's think about this. Let's meditate upon this. Let's prepare our hearts and our minds. And let's prepare our kids. My mom, when we were kids, used to tell us, are you ready to be a martyr? She would come into our rooms at night. She would tuck us into bed. She would tell us the stories of the martyrs, stories of saints. Tell us about Our Lady of Fatima. And she would tell us, are you ready to be a martyr? And we would always uh, know that our mom wanted us to be martyrs. Like, obviously, my mom doesn't want us to die. Obviously, she prays for our good health and she wants us to be alive. But she desires the salvation of our souls above everything else. And it reminds me of the story of the Maccabees, where the mother of the Maccabees 
of the Maccabean uh, heroes said, go and die for the faith. This is very good. This is the mentality that we should have as parents. Now, there was a saying I'm forgetting. I want to say it was Louis the Ninth actually, who said that they would rather their kid die than commit a mortal sin. That's the mentality that we should have. Because a mortal sin will damn you to hell. Whereas the death of the body, if you die a martyr, you will have eternal life. You will have eternal life and you will skip purgatory. What greater gift could you give than to encourage your kids to be prepared for martyrdom? So keep that in mind. Number three here, you don't need clerical permission to start to form a lay sodality. He says, once you've shaken your mind out of the clericalist ideas, understand that no lay group needs permission from a priest to form a lay sodality. These have always been the backbone of Christianizing the temporal order. Guilds themselves arise from these lay fraternities and sodalities. So go and start these. Uh, if you don't know what a lay sodality is, well, go learn about them. There are tons of them. And 1 Peter 5 has two of them that you could join dedicated to making Eucharistic reparation. You don't need a, any priest's permission. You don't need any bishop's permission to go to adoration and make reparation for sins against the sacred heart of Jesus. These are the things that you can do today. You don't need anyone's permission. And which goes into number four. You don't need clerical permission for a public procession. And many times, especially things coming up like the Corpus Christi, like the, there used to be a great day for a procession. Now, if you don't have a priest, you can't do a Eucharistic procession, but you could do a procession, get a statue of our Lord, and do a procession with our Lord. These things you can do in your home. You could do with just your domestic church, or better, get a group of people together. Walk around the neighborhood. The public sidewalk it does not need permission from the government to do that. If you're going to be walking through the streets, of course, you should uh, make sure you're following the laws. But on the public sidewalk, you're free to hold rosary rallies. You're free to hold Marian processions. You're free to hold anything you'd like. It's a public, uh, public sidewalks. So make sure you go out and do that. Create banners. Create symbols. Hold up statues. Build floats. These things, if your priest or bishop does not want you to do it, well, then do it outside of the church. You don't need permission to do these things. Fifth, retake God's glorious sign from Satan. What are we talking about? We're talking about the rainbow. That rainbow is a symbol of God's covenant with us. And notice that the true rainbow has seven colors on it, but the satanic inversion of it only has six. Hmm. What is that symbolic of? Remember, the number seven is a symbol of perfection, of completeness. Six is a symbol of evil because six is one less than perfection. And so it has always been a symbol of the devil. And so three is a number of completeness. And so what do we see in, the, in Revelation, in the book of the Apocalypse? Six, six, six is a sign of the beast. Why? Because six being the number of evil, the number of imperfection, one less than perfection. And then three being completeness. So it's complete imperfection, six, six, six. And so seven... They have the seven colors of the rainbow, which is the true rainbow, the rainbow of nature. And the satanic inversion says to the way, away with nature, away with what is true, and we will take out a color from the rainbow. So that's something else to keep in mind. Number six, reach out to friends and family members who identify as LGBT. 
We have to love those who struggle with these sins. We have to help those who struggle with same-sex attraction. We have to encourage them in the faith, get them connected with groups like Courage International. Because while we have to repudiate and reject completely this ideology that is harmful to souls, that damn people to hell, we should love the individual sinner. And we have to be able to make that distinction. We have to be able to say, let's reject what is evil and love our neighbor, love our family. Number seven, observe the octave of the Corpus Christi. Now, we have completely gotten rid of octaves. Octaves are very unknown today. But during the octaves, there was days of feasting and celebration during these times. And the octave of Corpus Christi is coming up. Corpus Christi will be next Sunday. And whenever it comes, there is eight days of celebration of this great feast. It's one of the biggest feasts of the year. It's less than many other ones. It's less than Christmas. But it's a great feast. So let's organize something. Maybe have a dinner. Maybe throw a party. Maybe go to Eucharistic Adoration every day during the octave if you don't go regularly already. Maybe pray short prayers or long prayers of Eucharistic reparation. All these things are great ideas. Eight, boycotts have actually worked in the past. So continue to boycott. It's okay. We can make those sacrifices. Right now, no one's asking you to die. Instead, we're saying, let's just not eat at a certain place. Let's just not shop at a certain place. Let's make the extra drive. Whenever we are at the pearly gates, we're going to see the martyrs here say, yes, I was flayed alive for the faith. And what will we say? Will we say, well, I couldn't boycott it because it was too convenient. Well, and that's not what the saints would have said. So let's try to be saints. Let's not be uh, mediocre. Let's not be lukewarm. Let's be heroes. Number nine, reserve a billboard for next year. Now, this is a great story, which we're going to talk about uh, later on. I know the lady who's been uh, making the billboards and putting them up for the sacred heart of Jesus. And this is a great thing that we could do. So let's, uh, let's talk about this for next year. And we'll interview her soon. I'm going to try to get a hold of her. Number 10, commit now to a penitential pilgrimage offered up as a person for a person who identifies as LGBT. Absolutely. This is great. Uh, make, make a penitential pilgrimage. If you're in Texas, maybe do the uh, mission walk in San Antonio. Take a trip out to San Antonio and walk the missions or bike the missions and offer it up for the salvation of souls. Offer it up for a friend or family member who identifies as LGBT. Offer it up in reparation for sins against those that hurt and wound the sacred heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. And finally, this is funny. They say, 11 bonus, share this in all our June articles and podcasts. And I will say in response to that one, share the Catholic drive time with somebody. Because we're going to be talking about these issues all month long, of course, amongst many other things. We're going to be saying things to help contribute to the flourishing of society. And we're going to try to promote positive ideas and help provide you and your family with positive and good things that we can promote in order to have the, our family, our domestic church, have ideas that are going to be good and worthy of our, of our Lord. So share this with others. Promote this. Uh, check out the article, 1peter5.com, 10 Ways to Restore June to the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And share Catholic Drive Time with someone you think uh, should be able to hear this message and promote this message and would like to hear something that's encouraging and truth. Because uh, during our time, there is so much confusion that some people just need to hear that they're not alone. And I'm here to tell you, you're not alone. You're not crazy. The world is crazy. Yet Christ and the cross stand still. We're going to go into our game show, Fear and Trembling. Call now, 877 877- 
877-9424-877-9424. That's the number to call to be part of our game show. 877-757-9424-877-757-9424. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Haven't you honestly wondered why do all the different denominations break away from each other? Timeline. 1500s. Luther breaks from the Catholic Church. 16th century. John Knox is influenced by Calvin and breaks from Luther. Thus the Presbyterians. 17th century. John Smith then breaks away and starts the Baptist. 18th century. Wesley breaks and starts the Methodist. Even crazier are all the scores of non-denominational individuals who break from each other, generally due to cosmic ego and, quote, a new revelation. Well, here's the three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Judges 21 says, quote, In those days there was no king in Israel. Every man did that which is right in his own eyes. Secondly, physics. Once the dam breaks, water goes where it will. Luther broke Canon Law 331, which says about the Pope, By virtue of his office, he possesses supreme, full, immediate, and universal ordinary power in the church. And thirdly, my take. Gifted theologians can be just like my fourth grade friend who said, I'm taking my bat and ball and going home. Ever feel like life's just too busy and too much? There's constant noise, social life, traffic, work, paying bills. It just doesn't seem to let up. Well, maybe it's time for a change. See, God offers us relief and hope. So if you're feeling like you need more peace and less chaos, find your hope today. Begin at CatholicsComeHome.com. And welcome to Fear and Trembling Game Show. The number to call, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. That's the number to call to be part of our game show, Fear and Trembling. The number to call, 877-757-9424. Now, you may be asking, what am I listening to? What am I calling into? Well, we're playing the Fear and Trembling game show where you can win prizes. And the game is very simple. If you've never heard of it before, I'll explain it to you. I have here three Catholic trivia questions. And I'm not going to ask you the questions. No, instead, I'm going to ask Tito the questions. He's going to have 15 seconds, and he's going to give me an answer. And it's your job to tell me whether or not he's right or whether or not he's wrong, which means even if you don't know anything about these questions, there's still going to be a 50-50 chance of you getting the answer correct. So that's a very, very good uh, chances for you. I'm, I'm guessing you don't get those odds in your scratch-off. You don't get those odds at the casino. You don't get those odds at the Mega Millions. But you will get those odds on Catholic Drive Time. So a 50-50 chance of getting each and every question correct. And every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Tito, what could they win? They could win this week. The prize pack is the CDT prize pack, a coffee mug signed by Adrian and myself, and a couple of books and a DVD of Pray. Those, that is the prize. Uh, the Fear and Trembling prize for this week is that CDT prize pack. Okay, a prize pack. Uh, it's not the uh, Catholic Answers? Uh... No, the month of May is over. Okay, all right. All right, well, there you go. The, uh, okay, that number to call is 877-757-9424, uh, So call now, and you can be the first contestant. So we always take the first caller. 
So call now, 877-757-9424. I'm looking over at the phone lines right now, and we currently have uh, no callers on the line, so that means the next person to call in and dial 877-757-9424 will be our contestant and be entered into a chance to win the CDT prize pack. So make sure you may able to dial that number. Uh, we'd love to have you on. So make sure you know that number, 877-757-9424. And if you have never, uh, if you uh, are not able to call in now because you're like, oh, I'm driving, Adrian. I can't write down that number. I can't dial that number. Then here is a trick for you. If you go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, you can actually find our information listed there. And all of our information listed there, our phone numbers listed there, and you can actually write down the phone number and put it in your speed dial so that way you can dial in early because we always take the first caller. And if you want to call in early and wait on hold, you are more than welcome to do so. So make sure that you keep that in mind and you can write that number down. You can go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. There you can find all of our links. All of our information is listed there on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We had a couple callers call in. So if you don't get on today, make sure you call in tomorrow. And so our phone lines are almost full now. So we always take the first caller. So good morning to you, Dana. Good morning. Good morning. And Dana, good morning to you. How are, how are you this morning? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, where are you off to this Thank morning? Thank you for asking. Uh, I'm going to my cancer doctor this morning. <laughs> I'm getting ready. Oh, well, very good. Well, are you uh, in uh, remission, or what's what's the uh, situation? No. Um, I was diagnosed three years ago with metastatic breast cancer, and um, I see her today, but uh, they think it's spreading. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, we'll definitely okay. be keeping you in our prayers, and I'm sure our listeners will be keeping you in our prayers as well. And uh, I hope that everything goes well. You're going for treatment today? No, um, an appointment that I, I go every three to six months. I have different doctors. Mm. <laughs> well, we'll definitely be keeping you in our prayers. And uh, But I'm glad you called in this morning. Are you, where are you calling from? What uh, What's your city? Ennis. Ennis, Texas. Is that near, that's near Midland? No, uh, we're close to Dallas. We're oh, okay, so Dallas-Fort Dallas, Worth area. Okay. DFW. So that's yes, the DFW. Oh, okay. I see, I see. Well, that's good. Praise be to God. Uh, we, we love the Dallas-Fort Worth area. In fact, uh, I may be coming to the Dallas-Fort Worth area sometime soon, and uh, maybe we'll host a, uh, a little meet and greet. That'll be fun. Uh, but, that would be fun. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Dana, for calling mm-hmm. in. We already have a bunch of people uh, commenting right now that they're praying for you. So we'll be praying for you, okay. and we'll keep you in our prayers. Uh, but are you familiar with the game, Dana? Are you? Do you know how to play? Yes. Perfect. Perfect. So then you know that Tito can be tricky sometimes, and we will be able to uh, navigate the situation. But I'm sure we'll be able to. Uh, you'll be able to do well. So are you ready to play the game? Yes. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. We'll start with question number one, Tito. The question on the board: Whom? The disciples of Jesus meet on the road to Emmaus. Whom did the disciples? They met a stranger 
who kept talking about uh, going about some sort of resurrection, and they realized it was Jesus himself, the risen Christ. Oh, okay. So you're saying the risen Christ? Yes, the All risen right. Christ. That I, that would be the yeah. I think that would All be the correct right. way. Yeah. All right, Dana. Uh, the question on the board is: Whom did the disciples Jesus meet on the road to Emmaus? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Tito seems to think that it's the risen Christ. And so we'll see, uh, Dana, did you pay attention to the Gospels being read during the Easter season? Did, or have you read your Bible? Uh, 15 seconds o'clock, Dana. Is he right or is he wrong? Did the disciples of Jesus meet the risen Christ on the road to Emmaus? Yes or no? Yes. She says did. yes, he did. Way to go, Dana. Congratulations. That is a 100% <laughs> success you. rate so far. That's a one for one. Clearly, Dana is a biblical scholar. She, uh, I, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I'm hearing. Duh. Obviously. <laughs> obviously, she's a scripture scholar. Um, way to go, Dana. You're doing well. Uh, are you ready for question number two? Yes. Well, let's do it. Let's do it. Question numero dos. Let's do it. Okay. Tito? Oh. All right. This is a tricky question here. Name at least two of the spiritual works of mercy. Oh, I, I get these these groups of seven wrong constantly. I, I Spiritual works of mercy. Works of mercy. Uh, feed the hungry. House the homeless. Clothe the naked. I'd say feed the hungry and clothe the naked. Okay. You're going to feed the hungry and clothe the naked. Yeah. I, I'm sticking right. with that. Yep. All right, Dana. The question on the board is name at least two of the spiritual works of mercy. Hint, hint, spiritual works of mercy. 15 seconds on the clock. Tito seems to think that it's feed the hungry and clothe the naked. The question is name at least two of the spiritual works of mercy. 15 seconds on the clock. Dana, what say you? Is he right or is he wrong? He is wrong. He is wrong, she says. Way to go, Dana! You wow, Dana, two, two. two for two. Very good. Praise be to God. Uh, not only is she a scripture scholar, but she's also <laughs> an expert on dogmatics, apparently. Dogmatics? Uh -huh. The That's catechism of the Catholic Church? Do you read Robert Bell of mine? Very good, Dana. You're doing wonderful. Do you? Can you name for me two of the spiritual works of mercy? Um, to abolish uh, the sinner... And to instruct the in ignorant. That's great. Whoa. That's, that's good. That's two. There you go. See, I didn't even need to ask you, Tito. I could have just asked her. She knew the yeah, answers. Yeah, she knew the answers. She knew the answers. Very good. Very good. So, yeah, that's. I'm, I'm very impressed because many people don't even know the spiritual works of mercy exist. Many. So, people. I'm very impressed. I'm 10 for 10. Uh, but right now, you are two for two. You have a 100% success rate. Are you ready for question number three, Dana? Yes. Now, let's do it. Question numero trace. Uh, Tito, yeah. good question. Now, this question could be a little tricky. It could be. Well, let's see. Let's see how well you know the Mass. I know you're an acolyte. I know you serve Mass. You saw me serve. I saw you serve Mass. The question on the board is, which comes first at Mass? The Epistle or the Gradual? Yeah, this is a tricky one, but... Uh... After being discombobulated last Wednesday, I recuperated Thursday and Friday. Uh, it's the epistle. It's the epistle, you say. Okay. The epistle. The pistol. Yes. Like the, like a gun. No, no, no. Oh. I, I'm just. I like to uh, pronounce every consonant in, oh, in the I see. answer. I yeah. See. 
a pistol. So, so not a pistol. No, 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 not a pistolero. Oh, okay. No, okay. no, no, no. A rifle. Rifle. Oh, sometimes. Uh, oh, a pistol. Like, uh, uh, okay, I see yes, what you're saying. Yes. I see what you're... All right, the first Dana. Reading. Yeah. Uh, hopefully that's clear as mud to you. Uh, the question <laughs> on the board is: Which comes first at mass, the epistle or the gradual? Fifteen seconds on the clock. Tito says it's the epistle. I know. I'm an acolyte. I serve mass. What say you, Dana? Is he right or is he wrong? Is it the epistle that comes first at mass? Um, I'm gonna say the epistle. Oh, my you goodness, miss. I want to say you with the first one. She says the epistle. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Way to go, Dana. Three for three. Wow. 100% success rate. That is amazing. Very impressive. <laughs> Even the tricky questions you got right. I'm very impressed. Impressive. So are you a secret theologian? Say it. No, I just couldn't say it. Like my my speech is is. I can't say some words anymore. So I know how you feel, Dana. Way. I know. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. No problem. We understood what you meant. We so we did. We knew you didn't mean a pistol. Uh, you meant a pistol. We we got you. We got you. There it goes. My my tongue gets tied all the time, and I just start saying things. I'm like, wow, that's not a real word. <laughs> <laughs> but way to go, Dana. I'm so glad you called in, and we'll be praying for you, and we're praying for your intentions. Uh, but God bless you. God love you. Stay on hold so we can get your contact information. Okay. All right. Thank you. God bless you. And put you on hold. And that's going to do it for the radio side. And we're going to go to the after show. During the after show, we have some breaking news that we can uh, inform you with. Just for our CDT insiders alone. No one else gets to know. Well, we'll, we'll tell you all eventually. But we're going to announce it for the first time on the after show. So if you want to know the news, hop on with us. Go to YouTube, Rumble, Odyssey, Facebook, Twitter. Find us there and join us on the after show and we have some breaking news to share with you but god bless you god love you we'll see you back 6 a.m central on the radio thank you for joining us on your catholic drive time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired join us monday through friday at the same time right here on your favorite catholic radio station don't forget to connect with us just go to facebook.com forward slash Again, that's Facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. The Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass at Our Lady of Corpus Christi. Today we celebrate the Memorial of St. Boniface. The intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. I sing the mighty power of God that made the mountains rise, that spread the flowing seas abroad and built the lofty skies. I sing the wisdom that ordained the sun to rule the day. The moon shines full at his command, and all the stars obey.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Lord be with you. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. May the martyr St. Boniface be our advocate, O Lord, that we may firmly hold the faith he taught with his lips and sealed in his blood, and confidently profess it by our deeds. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God forever and ever. Amen. reading from the book of Tobit. I, Tobit, have walked all the days of my life on the paths of truth and righteousness. I performed many charitable works for my kinsmen and my people who had been deported with me to Nineveh in Assyria. On our festival of Pentecost, the Feast of Weeks, a fine dinner was prepared for me and I reclined to eat. The table was set for me and when many different dishes were placed before me, I said to my son Tobiah, My son, go out and try to find a poor man from among our kinsmen, exiled here in Nineveh. If he is a sincere worshiper of God, bring him back with you, so that he can share this meal with me. Indeed, son, I shall wait for you to come back. Tobiah went out to look for some poor kinsmen of ours. When he returned, he exclaimed, Father, I said to him, What is it, son? He answered, Father, one of our people has been murdered. His body lies in the marketplace where he was just strangled. I sprang to my feet, leaving the dinner untouched, and I carried the dead man from the street and put him in one of the rooms, so that I might bury him after sunset. Returning to my own quarters, I washed myself and ate my food in sorrow. I was reminded of the oracle pronounced by the prophet Amos against Bethel. All your festivals shall be turned into mourning, and all your songs into lamentation. And I wept. Then at sunset I went out, dug a grave, and buried him. The neighbors mocked me, saying to one another, He is still not afraid. Once before he was hunted down for execution because of this very thing. Yet now that he has scarcely escaped, here he is again burying the dead. The word of the Lord. Blessed the man who fears the Lord. 
Blessed the man who fears the Lord, who greatly delights in his commands. His posterity shall be mighty upon the earth, the upright generation shall be blessed. Blessed the man who fears the Lord. His generosity shall endure forever. Light shines through the darkness for the upright. He is gracious and merciful and just. Blessed the man who fears the Lord. Well for the man who is gracious and lends, who conducts his affairs with justice. He shall never be moved. The just man shall be in everlasting remembrance. Blessed the man who fears the Lord. Alleluia, 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 Alleluia. Jesus Christ, you are the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead. You have loved us and freed us from our sins by your blood. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, o Lord. Jesus began to speak to the chief priests, the scribes, and the elders in parables. A man planted a vineyard, put a hedge around it, dug a wine press, and built a tower. Then he leased it to tenant farmers and left on a journey. At the proper time, he sent a servant to the, to the tenants to obtain some, from them some of the produce of the vineyard. But they seized him, beat him, and sent him away empty-handed. Again, he sent them another servant, and that one they beat over the head and treated shamefully. He sent yet another whom they killed. So too many others, some they beat, others they killed. He had one other to send, a beloved son. He sent him to them at last, thinking, They will respect my son. But those tenants said to one another, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him, and the inheritance will be ours. So they seized him and killed him, and threw him out of the vineyard. What then will the owner of the vineyard do? He will come, put the tenants to death, and give the vineyard to others. Have you not read this scripture passage? The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. By the Lord has this been done, and it is wonderful in our eyes. They were seeking to arrest him, but they feared the crowd, for they realized that he had addressed the parable to them. So they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus We begin in this ninth week of ordinary time, in, in that first reading, the book of Tobit. And one of the things that stands out at the very beginning of the book of Tobit is, Tobit is a man who really is striving to be a faithful Jew in exile. And he is one who is uh, out there trying to bury the dead. We consider that to, today to be a corporal work of mercy, to bury the dead, whether we physically do that or we go to pray for those who, who have died, or we comfort even the family of those who have died. But to bury the dead was something that was very important. It was, it was according to the law. And Tobit wanted to fulfill this, this uh, as best he could. But a little background to the story that is given us today, he had done this already and got in trouble. And they, he had actually had to leave his home 
uh, for, a, for weeks on end until things kind of settled down and then he finally came home to be with his wife and his, ch and his son. That was all that was basically left for him. Everything, all of the, his other possessions were taken and immediately he does this thing again. Here's a man who, is who has been killed, murdered in the marketplace and Tobit rushes out to make sure that this man has a proper burial. Of course, for us, we understand the reason for that as, as Christians is that the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. That's why we want, we have great respect and reverence for the body. And so that's why we have it, we give it a proper burial. We should give it a proper burial to recognize that God has made us this temple. What's really beautiful is just is Tobit's tenacity of, being, of wanting to be faithful. I remember my brother sharing a story with me. He was working on the ramp in the airport in Cleveland. That was when Continental Airlines was still in Cleveland. And uh, there was a man, a Jewish man who had died and his family had come and they wanted, of course, to bury him before sunset in New York. But unfortunately, the weather there in Cleveland was so bad that they shut down the airport. There were no flights coming in and there were no flights coming out. But they, they I mean, they really, they wanted to do everything possible to, to bury their brother, their relative in New York that by, before sundown that day. So I'm not sure how they did it. I think they probably rented a, a car or a truck or something to get it there, but they were so persistent at wanting to be faithful to God, to fulfill the law, because they, they knew that would be pleasing to the Lord. We see with Tobit, uh, his faithfulness is really simply a mere reflection of the fidelity that we see in the gospel today of God our Father who sends not just one servant to, in order to obtain the, the produce or some of the produce, but sends over and over and over again servants in order to, uh, to, to, to get his harvest. And finally, of course, then he gives everything he gives his beloved son because they say, well, they will respect my son. And we know Jesus is speaking about himself, that he is the one sent by the Father who does everything to please his Father, and that uh, they, they will not respect him, but they, again, they will crucify him and place him out of the vineyard. The irony of it is that, first of all, the, the owner of the vineyard, the Father, uh, he gives the tenant, these tenant farmers to take care of it, but he goes on a journey. He's not sort of over, overbearing, watching over them. And then it says that he sent his servant in order to obtain some of the produce of the vineyard, not even all of it. It wasn't as he was this great taskmaster who wanted every single little drop of that he could get out of these workers. Now he went to go obtain some of his harvest, but then they didn't, they didn't want anything to do with him, the, 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 the tenant farmers. And not only that, of course, they, they killed his, his only son, thinking that they were gonna, they were gonna inherit everything but in a way, they had already had been inherited everything because he had, he had uh, invited them to come to serve him and to work with him, to be co-workers in the vineyard. May we be faithful as God is faithful, as we see him, his fidelity in the gospel, how many times he still comes to us in his merciful fidelity, even when we have fallen, to, to raise us up, to restore us back again, to be co-workers in his vineyard. May we be faithful to the Lord as he is faithful to us.
Let us bring our prayers and petitions before our Heavenly Father. Let us pray for the Holy Church of God, for our Holy Father Pope Francis, for all the bishops throughout the world. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For all those who govern us, that they may listen diligently to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit in their deliberations, always respecting the natural law and life. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Mindful of those who are sick and who are suffering, uh, may they be consoled by the presence of Jesus in their life and offer their sufferings for the salvation of all. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. In the spirit of the readings today, let us pray for those who have died, for all the holy souls of purgatory, for those who have no one to pray for them. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, hear the prayers that we bring before you this day and answer them according to your holy will through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Alleluia, sing to Jesus, is the scepter, is the throne. Alleluia, is the triumph, is the victory alone. Hark the songs of peaceful Zion, thunder like a mighty flood. Jesus, out of every nation, hath redeemed us by his blood. Alleluia, not as orphans are we left in sorrow now. Alleluia, he is near us, faith believes nor questions how. Though the cloud from sight received him, when the forty days were o'er, shall our hearts forget his promise, I am with you evermore. Pray, brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. Look upon the sacrificial gifts we offer, Almighty God, on the feast day of blessed St. Boniface, and grant that we who celebrate the mysteries of the Lord's passion may imitate what we, what we now do through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks. Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, for the blood of your blessed martyr Boniface, 
poured out like Christ to glorify your name, shows forth your marvelous works, by which in our weakness you perfect your power, and on the feeble bestow, bestow strength to bear you witness through Christ our Lord. And so with the powers of heaven, we worship you constantly on earth, and before your majesty, without end we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Abahot, Plenis Uncelia Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, we venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and giving thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples saying, take this all of you and eat of it, for this is my body which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. 
At the Savior's command, informed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil, graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church. Graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Let's offer to the sign of peace. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us peace. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. For I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof. But only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. I will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord. For those joining us through Guadalupe Radio, let us pray together the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. King of love, my shepherd is, whose goodness faileth never. I nothing lack if I am his, and he is mine forever. 
Where streams of living water flow, my ransomed soul he leadeth. And where the burdened pastures grow, with food celestial feedeth. Perverse and foolish oft I stray, but yet in love he sought me, and on his shoulder gently laid, and home rejoicing brought me. In death's dark vale I fear no will, with thee, dear Lord, beside me. Thy rod and staff my comfort still, thy cross before to guide me. Thou spreadst a table in my sight, thy unction grace bestoweth, and oh, what transport and delight from thy cheerfulness floweth. Let us pray. By the power of this mystery, O Lord, confirm your servants in the true faith that they may everywhere profess in word and deed the faith for which blessed Boniface never ceased to labor and for which he spent his whole life, through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Salve Regina. Mater misericordiae, vita dulce do, et spes nostra salve. A te clamamus, exules filii heve, a te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Eha hergo arvo The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan, and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. I'm Noah from St. Edward Catholic Church in Spring. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Catholic.